Hey there, and welcome to Why Is That Important, where regular people come for interesting ideas and perhaps a little debate. I am your co-host, Joe Wanger, and I'm here with our other host, Andrew Martin. Hello, YouTube in the world. <laughs> Each week, uh, you know, we have the privilege to, to interview someone who has something they feel is important enough to talk about, and we all take time to discuss it and perhaps even disagree on it. Um, so, Andrew, how, uh, how's, how's life going today? Uh, life is going interesting. It's probably the best way to best way to describe it right now simply because uh well i have a nine month old so he keeps me on my toes yeah. uh and my job keeps me on my toes so that's probably the best way to describe it today okay all right that's cool well uh so if you've been part of our little journey you've known that um this actually technically isn't our first episode we're going back and re-recording our first episode because we felt like um, we've grown a little bit in how we we understand the podcast world and what we want to do with it and um, also just um, we just felt like we could do better and for the people that that do listen um, probably mostly currently our friends and family uh, we just wanted to to do a better a better job with that so uh, I'm also, you t- should know that as we continue to improve every <laughs> few weeks or months, when we think we've really improved again, we're going to do another intro podcast. So keep checking back on that intro podcast and see if there's another new, more interesting one. <laughs> Everyone's like, why Why does this keep downloading <laughs> back into my <laughs> podcast feed? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, so Andrew and I talked a little bit, and um, today we are going to take just uh, the time, and I'm going to interview Andrew because um, this was actually kind of his baby. Uh, I am just I'm the the tech guru website and all that that stuff, and so um, that's kind of my expertise. But Andrew actually came to me and said, "Hey, uh, I've had this idea for a podcast. Uh, I just want to have a place where people can come and we can talk and have conversations because Andrew and I love talking to one another and." Um, and we just want to have hear what other people have to say, what their ideas are, what the interesting things uh, that are on their minds and, and their experiences. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, first. So, so Andrew, when, when you first, when this thing first, maybe like there's like a seed planted in your head, uh, what was kind of that path that took you from uh, having no idea that you would ever be part of a podcast to, Hey, I think I'm going to do a podcast and it's going to be with Joe. Sure. Um, I am a purveyor of ideas, both strange and normal as well as diverse, eclectic. Um, so I like to be in a space where people like to talk about things that maybe are not necessarily considered, how shall we say, Standard fare, conversationally, Um, one of my favorite things to talk about is, for instance, uh, um, political policy. What what can the government do to affect people's behaviors in a positive way for the entire nation? Like, I could literally sit and talk about that all day, and a lot of people find that really boring, and some people find it really irritating. So I try to (laughs) try to limit myself a bit. Um, But I also find that just about everybody I meet has something really interesting that is uh, important to them 
and I like to hear what that is, and I'm fascinated by what other people are fascinated by. Generally speaking, I mean, I think there are some things mm. that fall outside of my range of fascination, but not very many. Um, and I wanted to provide a place where people could come, discuss what's important to them in a way that's hopefully non-threatening, um, but also, you know, maybe pushes back a little bit and says, well, how would that work? You know, uh, I hear what you're saying, but what about... Um, so not being passionate or educated about everybody's um, area of expertise allows me to be uh, an interface between the listener, who probably also is not an expert or educated in that area, uh, and the guest. So hopefully we can learn to dialogue well, be able to have cogent conversations around topics that people will find that are passion that people are passionate about without them devolving into name calling and ad hominem attacks and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean maybe a little name calling, right? <laughs> no, but I, yeah, it's... only friendly name calling. I mean, okay. I guess technically, right. like Joe is the awesomest <laughs> is technically name calling. Okay, only encouragement, only positivity. No, it's I I I totally hear you, and you know it's funny because I don't find. I don't find any of those things like like the the policy stuff fascinating on my own, but I have enjoyed having the conversations with you and other people uh, that we've had the, the chance to to interact with in our lives, and it's been great because it's not it's not me. It's not something I'm going to go out and research, but I have enjoyed hearing that my world is so much smaller than what I think. And there's so much more to things than I ever realized. So yeah, I'm totally, totally on board with you with that. Yeah. And I think that's also part of what I hope to achieve in this podcast uh, is just to be able to be eye opening to people um, there, you know, whether you want to talk about uh, the importance of creativity on mental health or something like that, which to me is, uh, you know, I, I don't really have good categories for that in some ways, or I didn't before talking to Tim. Mm -hmm. um, or you want to talk about the importance of aesthetics or the importance of arguing well or, or what have you. Like, uh, Hopefully they can kind of broaden people's uh, con concepts of what can be uh, an important topic to have a discussion about and how to do that well. So while it's both a, a place to have those discussions, I also want it to be... Uh, a mechanism to broaden the scope of those discussions in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's funny having now been, been able to interview, I think we've done uh, like five people. Um, it's, it's interesting when you first ask people, you know, what is this? What is something that's important to you? At first, everyone is like, well, I don't know. And then as they start thinking about it, they're like, most people have come up with at least two or three topics or like a variation of, of one topic. And they're, and it's like stirred up these, these neat conversations outside of the podcast where they're like, well, what do you, what do you guys think is interesting here? Cause I think all of this stuff is really cool. Like, what would you want to talk about? And it's been, it's been fun to be part of that process as well with, with this too. So. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Um, I think the, when we have people on, some of the most interesting conversations happen before and after the podcast ends, yeah. um, which is kind of a pity. I really wish, you know, we could let some of our listeners in on those. 
Um, but they're often just, you know, 30 seconds or a minute of useful conversation. And, you know, the rest is like setting levels or saying goodbye or making some stupid joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not exactly great podcast material. Um, but I totally agree with you. Yeah. So, all right. So then give me, I already know a little bit of this, so I'm going to try and coax you into it. So you had kind of thought of this idea process thing in regards to healthcare and kind of talk about that, what you were doing there and, and why, and then move it into how, how that led you to using a podcast as more of your forum for this type of thing instead of what you were doing. Sure. Um, as Joe alluded to, um, the time when I came and talked to him about getting this off the ground, uh, I was in the midst of writing a short essay on some of the problems I see in the American healthcare system and the roots of those problems, not just the uh, the service level symptomatic representations of those problems, and I, I hope to you know elucidate some of those ideas to the people who who read it. But I also discovered that I'm not a great writer. I write really slowly. Um, well, I don't know if it's really slowly per se, but I feel like it's really slowly. It takes me a long time, and it takes a lot of energy and concentration. Um, but I'm much better at at talking, and so I realized you know, the medium of the podcast is designed for the speaker rather than the writer. And being a speaker myself, that's what led me towards um, getting a podcast kicked off the ground. And, you know, I really wanted initially, I think I really wanted a platform um, for me (laughs) to disseminate my own ideas. But I mean, frankly, there would be a very limited audience to people who just want to hear about Andrew's opinions. Um, I already have a wife, so I don't really think it's going to expand much more than that. Um, so I, I thought, well, you know, I'm really passionate about these things. I'm sure other people are really passionate about things that are important to them. So let's, let's hear what they have to say. Um, so that was kind of the genesis of the, the concept behind the format. Um, it wasn't necessarily, um, that I want to be on the podcast bandwagon, which I realize I totally am at this point. Everybody's making a podcast at this point, uh, which is great. I think podcasts are so much fun. I have 13 or 14, I don't remember how many, that I listen to regularly. And I've actually, uh, I play them on 2x speed so I can get twice as much, twice as many listened to in the same amount of time, which for anyone out there that can't keep up with their podcast, I would definitely recommend getting a podcast uh, a feed service, or I guess it's not really the, the not the feeds, but the the player that allows you to accelerate the rate at which you listen to. Even if you just go up to like one point two, one point three, you'll realize that you can start knocking out podcasts more quickly than you realized. So, so yeah. that yeah, that was the genesis of the medium of the podcast for this forum. Yeah, I don't. I- I don't recommend going up to one point two, but there I could barely I I could barely consume it and remember it at one. But everybody's teach their own. Everybody's different. Well, here's the thing, Joe. If you speed it up, you might find that it takes more concentration, and then you don't get as distracted, and you actually remember more. Because that's what happened to me. If I play it at one point oh, it's you know I listen well for a few minutes, and then I get distracted because my brain's like waiting for the next thing to happen. But if I play it at 2x actually some of them i play faster than 2x 
because some of the hosts speak really slowly but clearly, <laughs> and when they speak like this, it's excellent for being sped up. Yeah. But if you sl- if you like slur your speech too much, it can be really difficult to understand when you speed it up. Um, but I have found that when I speed it up, I actually retain more of it in some ways. It's not necessarily like I don't I don't have a photographic memory or the auditory equivalent of a photographic memory. Uh, however, I do find that I'm able to absorb the ideas better. Okay, all right, I can. Maybe I'll give it a try. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm also multitasking when I'm doing it, and not just driving. So probably that maybe I'm on the anomaly here. All right. So then for somebody who, who this type of podcast is not really usually their thing. Like they're maybe more into like entertainment or news or like self-help, like that kind of, that kind of stuff. Like what would be from your perspective, what would be a reason for them to listen um, and and make this um, their new their new favorite podcast that they tell all their friends about? <laughs> yeah, well, I I hope that person is willing to you know listen to us, and I hope it becomes their new favorite podcast because it opens uh, new doors of ideas and possibilities to them, and that they realize um, that it gives them an opportunity to get to know their auditory neighbors, if you will. There's lots of people with lots of ideas, and often we don't run into, I'm going to say average, but I think that's kind of a uh, a bad term in some ways. We don't run into average people in places where it's comfortable to talk to each other about things that we're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. If we're willing to, if we're on that level of comfort, they're usually somebody we know really well. And um, if we're running into somebody we a stranger or somebody who we don't know that well, it's unlikely that they'll be willing to, you know, have a conversation about something that's deeply passionate, that they're deeply passionate about. So hopefully it's a a chance for, you know, people to get to know one another and understand that um, even if they have stark political differences or religious differences or what have you, they can still, you know, understand each other's humanity through the medium of being able to see uh, something important through their eyes. Um, so hopefully it allows people to connect with each other, even if it's only a, a one-way connection initially. You know, to the listeners out there, we'd love to have you on sometime. Even if it's just you know you shoot a question or you have a comment, you say, "Hey, this thing is really important to me. I want to hear somebody talk about this." You know, maybe we'll pick you up and say, "Hey, you know, you had enough interest in it to uh, send us an email or or a tweet at us." probably don't have a twitter account but you get the point Um, we have a twitter account yeah we do we totally have a twitter account i lie (laughs) um you tweeted at us so why don't you come on the podcast and tell us why it's so important so that all the other listeners can know why this is something that they should pay attention to and it i have found through the interviews we've done that it really uh has informed my understanding of a lot of different elements especially um, I was thinking about Nathaniel Martin's um, aesthetics and architecture. Um, I've thought a lot about uh, how how that plays out, like how cities reveal 
what the builders thought about them when they were making something. And I'm not saying I'm making an accurate determination, <laughs> but it says something. And whether or not I can read that language, I at least now know that something is being said, where before I don't think I would have. And I just want that to be uh, available for people who find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, of course I think it's good stuff because we're doing the podcast together. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just – it's – I agree. Like in, in, in all the interviews that we've done so far, it has been so cool to, to know some of these people already and to hear their passion come through in a different way and, and see how it changed my mind in a way that like, not that I needed my mind changed, but it, it sh- shifted my focus towards something. And, you know, I, I think of the aesthetics, for example, where, where, um, the, that one ugly building that's actually pictured on the website uh, that everyone in France was so appalled by that that they're like, we need to change laws so this never happens again. And see, so the only good view is from inside that building because you can't see the building. And yet they had said the same thing about the Eiffel Tower. Like it, it was like, it was interesting to go back to my job, which is in a city where there's taller buildings and like think about that as that was happening, as that was probably happening, you know, decades uh a century ago or whatever it makes you wonder which buildings are the really ugly buildings that you think are beautiful <laughs> you know was that building really ugly when it was built or is that one that i you know think is really ugly will somebody think it's great in the future i i've had similar thoughts yeah oh yeah totally totally and even listening to the podcast afterwards i'm like oh i should have had you know there's so many more questions that i go oh that would have been interesting to know or find out or think about so yeah, cool. I, well, I agree. I, I often feel like, man, a smarter version of myself would have asked these great questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, we promise for you as the listener that that we will get there. We will eventually get to the point where we're asking the question that you are you're thinking in your head, and we'll be in sync. Um. So before we get to some of the our some personal anecdotes here at the end. If you could summarize in like three sentences or less why the idea of what why not the idea but why having ideas and talking about them is important like what's the takeaway for people here Sure um put simply every action starts as an idea so everything that you do everything that you interact with Uh, You know, the smartphone in your hand or the chair under your butt or the wheels on your car that started out as an idea somewhere in someone's mind. Like the concept of the wheel, we have no idea who invented that or when, but somebody was the first guy that was like, huh, if we put things on round things, it rolls and it's easier. Um, And so to me, complex problems demand complex solutions that demands a lot of thinking about ideas, especially new ideas. Um, Because if it were simple to solve, or if old ideas were uh, good enough to solve the problem, we wouldn't need new complex ideas. But the fact that we still have an old complex problem says that new complex ideas are still needed. Um, So I guess the reason that ideas are important are because that they eventually generate reality. Hmm. I like that. That's good. So usually this is the part where we would we would end the podcast and kind of say all the stuff. We'll get to that soon. But 
Um, I wanted to go to a personal level here and say, um, or ask you, Andrew, what is your first memory of the two of us? Or it doesn't necessarily have to be from your perspective. It could be from a story that you've heard from your mother. Um, but like, what is the first and earliest thing that you can think of? So one of the earliest memories I have that involves you. Yeah. Um, technically you weren't in it, but after you had been at our house for a while, my older brother, who is your age and considered you his friend, told me that I had to go get my own friends and I couldn't just be friends with his friends because that's not fair. He made friends with you. I shouldn't just be allowed to piggyback on his goodwill. Um, I was probably like three, four, five, somewhere in that range, like just either before school or just starting school. Um, but my earliest memory involving you were yeah. directly directly that would have to be at my eighth birthday party let's hear it let's hear it. i think i feel like the world is ready to hear this story and and let before before you talk about the story just just know that uh everybody's cool now like we we're good but you can <laughs> you can you can understand why why some in this story might be slightly appalled that we're about to put this out on the internet <laughs> It's really an amazing story. It's um, fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's such a great story of reconciliation, too. So, <laughs> I was born in January. January is a cold winter month. And the year that I turned eight was, let me think here, that would have been 1996. And in Pennsylvania, in January, in 1996, we got, actually, I think it was the end of December, beginning of January, we got an enormous amount of snow. I mean, we're talking best measured in feet and um uh as an eight-year-old in my family you get a birthday party so when you turn eight you get a birthday party and this was my very first have friends over birthday party and joe was one of the people that i invited because frankly i thought we were friends um (laughs) joe at the time was also significantly bigger than i was i was a scrawny little kid joe was a fat chubby kid hefty (laughs) husky joe was well built that was the term. We, they, they, those are the genes I got. Husky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he threw his recently, I guess you would have been nine. You just turned nine in October and I just turned eight in January. So he's, Joe's about 15 months older than I am. And so he threw his nine-year-old weight around and we were playing outside in the snow. And I guess you shoved my face uh, into the snow, like into a snowbank. We were playing in the snow, and you basically manhandled me and forced me to eat snow. Um, <laughs> which, eat frankly, snow. I I didn't really understand what was happening, but I, I knew I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and my mother, seeing this atrocity to the birthday boy, decided to take justice into her own hands, and being the vigilante she is, and also at the time larger than nine-year-old Joe... <laughs> She picked him up, or did she pick you up, or did she shove snow in your face? I feel like I've blocked this memory out. Like, I, I only have a perspective of, like, it being narrated, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> so, I don't know if I don't know if you got picked up, or if she just, like, snow-pied you right in the face. But she basically returned the favor, making sure your face was um, well-frozen till it was said and done. And I don't think you were super impressed about it, but you knew you couldn't say anything, from what I recall. You're just kind of like, 
oh man that I've, wasn't as much fun as i thought it was yeah i so. i mean i've always had a uh a sense of justice in in my mind. So I'm sure I felt like I deserved it. I probably didn't like it, but I'm sure I felt like I deserved it. <laughs> but I don't, rec- I don't recall holding any animosity towards you. I, I, re- I remember thinking your parents didn't like me for a long time. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I can totally understand that. And I feel like I had no idea why until your mom told me that story. And I was like, that has to be it. I'm sure that's it, <laughs> but now we're really great friends. Like I love your parents are fantastic, and we get along really, really well. And uh, it's one of those fantastic memories that that they would put on a sitcom because they think that nobody has nobody would ever do this, and it happened, <laughs> which is fantastic. It, it makes me wonder, like when you see like based on real events kind of thing, which some some people, especially screenwriters, would be like, well, duh, everything's based on real events in some level. But right. it makes me wonder, like, how many of those things like, are actual, basically true stories from the, the, the writer's, like, childhood or something? That they're like, Somebody you know what happened to me? That. that was ridiculous. Yeah, totally. Someone definitely did that. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So, um, if people... Well, one final question. We've been asking all these, all, everyone else, um, what is your go-to comfort food and what's the best restaurant that you've ever had, you've ever been at, best service, best food, all, you sure. know, the whole shebang? My favorite go-to comfort food. So I'm a bit of a nervous eater. Uh, so when, when I feel anxious, I, I tend to raid the fridge. Okay. Um, so you eat leftovers? I I hate leftovers. Is that what you asked? Oh. No, I thought maybe like leftovers was your comfort food. Well, I, that's what I was. So my brothers decry this thing that I have, which I like to call the time to taste ratio. If it takes <laughs> me like five seconds and it's delicious, or here's a better example. If it takes me five seconds and it's like pretty good, that is actually better than something that takes me like three hours and is just like delicious. Like if it takes me three hours, it had better be like three times 12, 36 times better than something that takes me five seconds to prepare. Actually, that's not true. Anyway, you can do the math. <laughs> the difference between three hours and five seconds, um, it better be that many orders of magnitude better. Um, and because of this, I would come home from school and just eat a tortilla, just pull one out of the package that was usually kept in the fridge and just eat it. And my brother Nathaniel would be incensed. This is a tortilla. They're not free. You know, you could just had a slice of bread. It's the same thing. I'm like, yeah, but the tortilla tastes better. And I don't have to take a twisty off. It's a zipper. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my comfort food is my comfort food is probably whatever's most convenient, which is kind of terrible. But if I say that the thing that I like, uh, the, the food that I want to go eat when I'm, you know, I'm like, I want a good meal. I want to go eat some, some of this. That would probably be meat, a, a nice roasted meat, whether that's like roast beef or ham or roast chicken or anything like that. Or grilled. Grilled's good too. And rice okay. and gravy. That's where it's at. Okay. And right. because I'm Pennsylvania Dutch, I'll say you can throw some corn on the side as a vegetable because it's even though it's a starch... We like to pretend it's a vegetable. So <laughs> it's it's gross regardless. <laughs> anyway, all right, so the restaurant. Favorite restaurant. Um so my best restaurant experience would probably be 
Okay, so I'm going to kind of cop out here. I can think of two. Um, I got to pick one. Most entertain. Well, one of the most entertaining experiences I've ever had. I was in South Korea, um, and I was helping... The company I worked for at the time was starting up some equipment, and the guy I was helping took me out with all his friends that he plays in an American rock band cover band with, which is fantastic to see a bunch of 60-something South Koreans playing American um, like classic rock from the 60s and 70s. It's, it's kind amazing. of outrageous. Yeah, he was a guitar player. Anyway, they is, took me to is this... Is there video of like, these guys? No. Oh, man. No. I, I should have. <laughs> I had an iPhone at the time, so I didn't. I didn't. I I wasn't quick enough with it. Okay. All I right. didn't. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to operate it to the level of proficiency necessary to capture the moment. Okay. Um, right. Anywho, they took me to this like um, fancy, really uh, traditional South Korean food restaurant. So we had to take our shoes off and stuff, and we all sat on the floor, and we had like um, all these roast sea creatures uh, this is in yesu in the south of south korea we had all these roast sea creatures and in the shell kind of thing so like the fish still had their heads on and the crabs still looked like crabs that just got had been thrown into a, a hot water so you had to like crack them open and suck it out with your teeth and it was really visceral and and kind of entertaining and they were all drinking oh i can't remember the name of it now they're just they, they basically take south korean beer and South Korea's favorite liquor. Uh, I'm sure I'll remember it as soon as we're, we're the name of it when we're done with this. And they mix them half and half. It's like a, it's like a um, like an Irish car bomb almost. Liquor and beer. And uh, so they were they were hammering these things back. And I had been warned about them. I was like, don't whatever you do, don't drink this stuff. So I, I didn't. I just I had a beer and I just sipped it. I mean, I made it last all night. One beer last all night. But they were getting pretty funny. Uh, I mean, I have no idea what they were saying because they were speaking Korean and I do not speak Korean. Um, but it was fantastic just watching and, and munching on these uh, ridiculous looking roast sea creatures. Nice. Um, and my other experience, um, when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 12, we were on vacation at Virginia Beach and there was this place called Neptune's and I ordered uh, steamed shrimp and I thought I was going to get like, you know, Half a plate of steamed shrimp like you would at most restaurants. No, they came out with like an enormous bowl like someone's throwing a party and a little thing of butter with a candle under it to keep it melted. And I had enough steamed shrimp to make myself sick dipped in butter and it was fantastic. So I've had lots of other good ones and I love tuna steak. So my like my next two involve having tuna steak, but I would say those are some of my best restaurant experiences. Nice. That's that's great. That's so, that's so not the restaurant experience I want or would ever expect to have. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's for everyone. That's great. That's that's so great. Um, all right. Cool. Well, thanks, Andrew. Uh, if uh, if you, the listener, really like what you hear, um, take some time, rate us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, iTunes goes a long way. Uh, share it with some friends. Um, give us some feedback. You can email us at contact at whyisthatimportant.com. 
And uh, if you have a guest, somebody you know, you can email us as well and say, hey, you should talk to this person. Uh, give us an email to, to do that or have them email us. Uh, we would love to have it. We have some really great guests lined up. We're actually lined up uh, for about the next two months and still have some um, some floating in. And so um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And everything from. Uh, potentially talking about net neutrality, that one's still kind of up in the air, to talking about uh, why coffee matters and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, and I'm, I'm really excited for it. So we thank you for taking the time to listen and to join us uh, on YouTube, at least tonight. And uh, we hope that uh, you have a great day. Have a good one.